Are you willing to examine the traditions and doctrines that you trust in for your eternal salvation? Welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I am Don Britton and I will be your host. I will be comparing the modern traditions and doctrines of American Christianity with what the scriptures actually say. You may be shocked to find out that much of what is commonly believed in American Christianity today is nothing more than myths handed down to us by men. So please join me now with an open mind. Welcome back to the Great Deception Podcast. This is podcast number four of a series of what is wrong with the American church today and also what God really wants from his people. Last week, I gave you some of the major reasons the church is full of sin and full of practicing sinners. I also covered how the sinner's prayer got started and how it was never used by anyone in the Bible and therefore was one of the reasons the church is full of sinners. I also explained that salvation and being born again does not come from repeating some words that are presented to you like in a sinner's prayer, but salvation only comes with a heart change when someone totally repents of their sins and gives themselves completely to God with all of their heart. In last week's podcast, I also discussed the deception of the hypergrace being taught today by virtually every denomination and almost every preacher out there. I explained how this false grace gives people a false sense of security because it gives the hearer a license to sin. This is another reason the church is full of sinners. Because if the practice of sin is accepted as a normal part of a Christian's life, which it is today, then why not just go ahead and enjoy your favorite sin, since you're already forgiven, right? No, wrong. I explained how this false grace does not require anything of the convert except to just mentally accept Christ into your heart, and it is and it supposedly covers all your past sins, present sins, and future sins without any requirement of you at all. Last week, I also explained how the traditions of men contribute to the fact that the church is full of sinners practicing sin. I explained how the traditions of religious ceremonies and rituals, the music, the organs, the pianos, the singing, the orchestras, the choir, the communion, the tithing, the programs, the stained glass windows, the steeples, the crosses, the candles, the robes, the pews, all that stuff, it all makes the person feel like they're close to God. It gives them a sort of a warm, fuzzy, emotional feeling when coming to church and experiencing these various traditions. When in fact, none of these things brings one any closer to God. Only true repentance, brokenness over sin, prayerfully seeking God and forsaking the ways of the world and things like this are what brings anyone close to God. Not going to church and experiencing the emotions of a religious environment with man-made traditions. That is not what brings anyone closer to God. And also last week I shared some about the lukewarm Christian. Again, these are reasons why the church is full of sin. So this is a person who maybe once gave himself to God. He really meant it. He was sincere. But, uh, but over time he had lost his fire. He lost his zeal. He lost his love for God that he originally had. In addition to that, this person is really what you would call a good person, you know, a quote-unquote good man or a good woman. He's someone who even lives a good moral life who, and also who faithfully attends church, who's really a nice person. He's somebody you would like, somebody you would trust. 
But here's what's happened to him. He has just settled down into a religious routine of doing the same thing week after week. Going to church, going home. Going to church, going home. Going through the rituals, going through the program, going through the singing, going through this, going through that, paying his tithes, and he thinks he's okay with God. What he has done, he has now accepted the traditions and the weekly worship as as though that's everything the Lord wants from him. He has become fatally lukewarm. He's neither cold nor hot. He's just comfortable in his church. He's comfortable in his religion. He's comfortable in his traditions. And he's comfortable in his denomination. He even sits in the same place in the pew each week. He's comfortable with all of that. He doesn't seek the Lord anymore. He doesn't feel he needs to because after all, he's in church now. And so he feels okay. So he's just settled into the church and remains lukewarm. And here's what Jesus said in Revelation 3.15. He said he would vomit out, spew out of his mouth all the lukewarm and they will end up in hell forever. So this week I want to go further on why the church is full of sin and practicing sinners. I've given you already a lot of reasons if you listen to the first two or three podcasts. This is podcast number four. The biggest problem now that I want to address today is with the corruption of our pastors, preachers, evangelists, prophets, and teachers. They, they are the ones who have established and promoted the great deception of all these traditions and all this religion and all these doctrines and all these feel-good things and all this, this so-called Christianity. They're the ones that have established and promoted it. I listen to podcasts. I listen to Christian radio and I watch some Christian TV. I also read some Christian articles on the internet, and I, but here's what I find. I find almost nothing today, nothing that's addressing the condition of the church. The condition of the church that I've already exposed to you, already revealed to you how it's full of sin. I hear a lot of false prophecies about things like, well, the Lord's going to give us plenty in 2020 or prophecies that are encouraging, uh, make you feel better, warm, fuzzy prophecies of how the Lord is going to bless his people with many earthly blessings. Uh, he's, you, by listening to these prophecies, you would, you would get the impression that God is only concerned with how happy we are and how blessed we are. And he wants to give us more things and better jobs and, and give us a better life and nice homes and, and, and nicer cars and more money in the bank. And he also wants us maybe just to experience more miraculous signs and wonders because after all, all God is interested in is our excitement and our happiness and all the good things of life that he wants to give us, right? That's the only thing he's concerned about. That's the impression that you would get. But Jesus said it was a wicked generation that seeks after signs. We don't need to seek after signs. We need to seek after God. We need to seek after his holiness. We need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not signs and wonders. Not more of the miraculous. We need to have our hearts changed. The church is in corruption. It's in sin. The church is full of evil today. I've already proven that with the, with the things I've already revealed to you. So why would we be looking after things that make us feel better? What about looking at things that make, looking for things that make us holy, looking for God? So in all these prophecies I hear and the things that I read and listen to on the radio and the internet and everywhere else, I would get the impression if I didn't know any better, that the Lord doesn't concern himself anymore with the sin of his people or the corruption that's in the church today. He's not concerned about that at all. He never says hardly anything about it. 
He just wants everybody to be happy like they are. That's at least the impression that comes. The common teachings I hear on the radio and the podcast today, and I read in articles, are just mostly about things that would never bring God's people to shame and to repentance, but just a lot of warm, fuzzy stuff that does nothing to address sin, nothing to challenge their hearts, or to say anything to them to change them from being a sinning Christian, much less cause any of them to really be born again. And virtually every pastor, prophet, evangelist, and teacher that you'll hear on the radio or the television or even in church or in a meeting or in a conference, if they do call anyone to the Lord, they will end their message offering the false sinner's prayer as the answer, which is totally false. Now I'm going to you to listen to what a real prophet of God had to say. His name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet says this in Jeremiah chapter 23. He said, Woe be to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the shepherds who are tending my sheep, my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended to them. Behold, I'm about to attend to you for the evil of your deeds, declares the Lord. So here we have today's pastors. They have destroyed, and, and not the pastors only, but the pastors, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, all of these ministers in this modern era of Christianity, for the most part, the whole of them. I know there's always exceptions. I know there's always a few righteous, godly men that are proclaiming repentance. But for the masses of what we have today, for the masses of the prophets and the teachers that we have today and pastors, they have destroyed and scattered the Lord's flock and they have divided them into a thousand denominations and countless traditions and various doctrines without attending to the needs of the people at all, which is for them to be turned. Their need is for them to be turned from their sins and brought to the Lord with a whole heart. The Lord's flock is being destroyed with false prophecies and false teachings and false hope and false grace and many, many man-made traditions and man-made religion. And, and Jeremiah goes on in that same chapter, Jeremiah 23, 9. He goes on to say this. As for the prophets, my heart is broken within me. All my bones tremble. I have become like a drunken man, even like a man overcome with wine because of the Lord and because of his holy words. For the land is full of adulterers. For the land mourns because of the curse. This is America. This is America today. This is the American church today. The American church is just like the American society, just like the country. We're all the same. We all do the same things. America does all the same things the world does. The church and, the, and America, the country, is all the same. The church is no more holy than the rest of the country. So the land is full of adulteries. The land mourns because of the curse. The pastures of the wilderness have dried up. In other words, there's no real word of repentance anymore. And their course is evil and their might that is, their strength is not right, for both prophet and priest are polluted. Even in my house, I have found their wickedness, declares the Lord. Now, that's the true message. There's a message from the true prophet. Who is saying that today? Find out who's saying that, and then you'll know they're a prophet of the Lord. This is the American church today, polluted from the top to the bottom. The house of the Lord, which is his church, is full of adulterers. In the book of James, the apostle James said that friendship with the world was hostility towards God and equaled adultery. So this is the American church. 
friendly and in bed with the world, doing the same things the world does, the same sins, the same pleasures, the same idols as the world. And the prophets and the pastors of this generation are saying and doing nothing about it for the most part. I don't find anybody. In fact, I'm always looking for the word of the Lord. I'm always looking for the word of repentance. I'm always looking for the word of righteousness and holiness. I don't hear it. I don't see it. I can't find it. It's almost, it's almost extinct now. And these guys, these prophets, these pastors, these evangelists, these televangelists, they're getting rich off the people of God who are trusting in them while they're doing absolutely nothing to turn them from their sins. Going on in Jeremiah 23, 16, he goes on to say this, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, but not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep on saying to those who despise me, they say the Lord has said, you will have peace. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say to them, calamity will not come upon you, which is a false type of grace. This is what we're hearing today. And it also says in Psalms 81, 15, that those who pretend obedience to the Lord are those who hate the Lord and their time of punishment is forever. So those who pretend to love God, who pretend to obey God, who play church, which is what we have in America today, an American church full of practicing sinners who call themselves Christians, who speak well of Christ, who attend church, they're the ones who hate God, according to the scripture. And these prophets are not saying anything to them about it. Going on in Jeremiah 23, verse 18, he says this, But who has stood in the counsel of the Lord, that he should see and hear his word? Who has given heed to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord has gone forth in wrath, even a whirling tempest, and it will swirl down on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and carried out the purposes of his heart. Now there's your prophecy right there. You want a prophecy that's true? There it is. And he goes on to say, in the last days, you will clearly understand it. Do you understand it? Do you get it? That last days is that is for right now. That is for today. That's a message for today. Where are the prophets that are speaking the message that is for today? And he goes on in verse 21 to say this. I did not send these prophets, but they ran anyway. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. If they had, But if they had stood in my counsel, that is my word, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. In other words, if our pastors and prophets were saying what God was saying, they would address the divorce situation in the American church today at 35%. They would address the adultery and the fornication and the homosexuality that's in the church today. They would have addressed the pornography problem that's in the church today with even 50% or more of our pastors viewing porn on a regular basis. They would have addressed that. But nobody's addressing that. And even the pastors don't even have a plan to address it, as I've already covered in recent podcasts. Going on in Jeremiah verse 20, chapter 23, verse 28, he says, The prophet who has a dream may relate his dream, but let him who has my word speak my word in truth. He says, What does straw 
have in common with grain, declares the Lord. Verse 29, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer which shatters a rock? Have we heard about being baptized in fire? You know, everybody talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit these days. What about the fire? What about the fire that burns away the chaff? What about the fire that convicts of sin? What about the fire that brings men to repentance? What about that fire? Is not my word, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer which shatters a rock? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from each other. I'm going to give you one that's been stolen a lot. Sow your seed upon the water, and you'll get more later. You know, in other words, sow your seed, get more money. How many of them are saying that? Where in the Bible is anything like that? Where in the Bible do they get that? And when he, it is so perverted that men have turned the, the holiness of God into something for money. So here they are stealing this word. And there's so many on TV and other places that are saying, do this, sow your seed and get more money later. He goes in verse 30, on to, on to say in verse 31, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord who use their tongues and declare, the Lord declares, Behold, I'm against those who have prophesied false dreams, declares the Lord, and related them and led my people astray by their falsehoods and reckless boasting. Yet I did not send them or command them, nor did they furnish this people with the slightest benefit, declares the Lord. So here we have it today. Many are saying, thus says the Lord. Here's a word from the Lord. I have a word from the Lord for you when he says he has not spoken to them. I know he's not spoken to them because of what they're saying. They're not saying what God is saying. Their words are pleasing and ear tickling. Their words are not like a fire and like a hammer. They are not addressing the sin in today's church, nor are they addressing the many false doctrines that are being preached nor are they exposing the false teachers that are out there by the dozens and hundreds and thousands. They're everywhere. I mean, the Bible said in the last days there will be many. Jesus said many false prophets will arise. Who's exposing them? Where do you think they're at? They're not over at Africa or China. They're here. They're right here in the church today. Who's exposing them? If they were really prophets of God, if they were really Elijah's and and Jeremiah's and Ezekiel's, they would be addressing them just like John the Baptist would, or like Jesus would, or like Paul would. But no, they're ear-tickling, pleasing. They're seeking the approval of men, and also for the money. So they're not addressing the sin in today's church, nor are they addressing the false doctrines that are being preached. And since today's church is so corrupted by sin and worldliness and ungodliness, these pastors and prophets have not furnished today's so-called Christian with even the slightest benefit. None at all. Otherwise, if they had the church, would be holy rather than full of sin. Do you not see that? Is it not clear to you? So you tell me, where today do you hear the word of God that's like fire? Or that's like a hammer which shatters the hardened heart of stone? Where's that word at? Where's that word being preached? Tell me, I want to go. I want to hear it. The church is full of hardened hearts and lukewarm professors of Christ. So where are the true prophets and pastors that should be addressing this? Where are they? Be honest with yourself. Is this your pastor? Is this the prophet you listen to? When is the last time you heard a message that brought the fear of God upon you and brought you under conviction of sin and led you to repentance? When's the last time you heard a message like that? Who is preaching the word of God that's like fire today? 
and like a hammer. Who's doing that? Remember that the one main purposes of the one of the main purposes of, of the Holy Spirit is to convict of sin. And if the church says it has the Holy Spirit, if the spirit filled churches claim to have the Holy Spirit, if any church claims to be having the spirit of God, why are they not convicted of sin? Why is sin rampant? Why is divorce like it is? Why is pornography like it is in the church? In all the churches, the spirit-filled and the non-spirit-filled churches, it's all the same. So if the Holy Spirit was there, I said holy, holy like God. The Holy Spirit was there, it would be convicting of sin. Something is terribly wrong with our church today. We need to wake up and repent. We need to wake up and run to God. And let me just tell you something else. If you're not living a holy life before the Lord, and someone comes to you and gives you a word, and that word they give you does not address your sin, then it is not from God. God never sent his prophets to give us attaboys or to pats on the back or to give us encouragements if there was sin in our life. But he sent men of God to warn anyone who claimed to be of God to repent and return to the Lord. So why are, why are our modern day prophets not addressing the terrible condition of the church today. I hope you think about this. I hope you ask the same questions. I hope you start looking around and looking at what's going on. I hope you get back in the word of God if you're not in there. I hope you start reading what God says through his prophets, how he always warns his people to repent, how he always is looking for us to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, how he's always looking for us to take up our cross and deny ourselves and overcome and if we don't overcome, he says, if you, unless you overcome, I will erase your name out of the book of life. So what, what is the big concern with God? Is it just that I have a bigger house or somehow I have an enjoyable year or somehow I have a better business or my job, I get a better job? What is, is that what God is really concerned about? Have we forgotten that the whole purpose of God is that we would enter his eternal kingdom because we overcame the sin, the world, and the devil on, while we were here on earth, that we should be conformed into the image of Christ, that we should be holy people, that we should be blameless, that we should be without spot or wrinkle, that we should be free from sin? Have we forgotten what God's purpose is for us? Is the only thing God got to say to us just something to make us happy, to make us feel good? We need to wake up and come into reality. I hope you think about all this. I hope you really think about it. Next week, I will continue exposing the condition of the modern pastors and prophets in today's American church. There's so much more to say about it. I hope you're not offended. I hope you really get shaken up and waking up. I hope you join me next week for more of the great deception of American Christianity without Christ. Thank you for listening to the Great Deception Podcast. You may visit my website at www.christianmyths.org for more information for my blog and for my email address. You can also get my book, The Great Deception of American Christianity Without Christ, on Amazon or on my website. Also on my website, you may download two free chapters of my book. I hope you join me next week as we continue to examine The Great Deception.